Blog Talk Radio. We appreciate you being here this evening, uh, whenever you're listening. It's actually 12.30 a.m. Um, I'm doing this here on Friday. So happy Friday to you, if indeed you heard this on a Friday. Um, I'd, I'd like to ask you a big favor favor, favor before we get started. Um, if, you, if you hear this program, I would appreciate an email from you. And uh, my email address is WLS860 at gmail.com WLS860 at gmail.com let me know where you heard the show whether you heard it on Stitcher whether you heard it on Google Podcasts wherever you heard it and when you heard it It, it's actually broadcasting live right now on the 17th of May um, at 1231 a.m. right now Um, it would help to, to sort of deal with marketing and sort of getting us back out to our audience that we were used to before um, the big dip, as I call it. So um, if you would help us out there, I would be highly appreciative. Um, today, uh, we're going to talk about um, school choice. It's one, of those, it's one of those subjects, if you go back in, my, in the archives of my show, that I've always been in favor of. Now, let me give you a little history on me um, on school choice and why I have the viewpoint I do. Um, I spent 15 years teaching in the, in the Hillsborough County school system. Uh, golly, whenever I talk about it, I always talk about it like I was in jail. Honest, I, I was 15 years in the system. Uh, 15 years in the Hillsborough County School District. Um, and I worked in a couple of capacities. I was a computer lab manager. I, you know what, I helped with, co- with comp ed mathematics. And then I, I tutored kids on um, what they needed to pass the math portion of the exit test. I did that right up until the end of my career and um, 15 years, 15.1 years, as a, according to the, the, the Florida retirement um, folks. I have not yet to collect that money, maybe soon, but uh, there's not much, not much per month. Um, but I spent 15 years in and helping kids who, my entire time, helping kids who struggled. My my whole purpose every every day I went was to find some kid who was struggling in mathematics, um, and help them. And for the last half of my career, um, in in the school district, it was to help those kids graduate from high school, pass the exit exam, and it was a couple of things. It was the HSCT, which was the high school's competency test, um, and then it morphed into uh, what they call, what they didn't call FCAT, which was the Florida competency, the Florida competency aptitude test, uh, and now it's something else, FSA or whatever it is. Um, but in any case, there's a competency test that kids have to take in, in in reading and in mathematics in order to be able to graduate. And my deal was to help kids um, who were struggling, uh, and every and, and in the schools I, were, I was in. Um, kids would get pre-tested, and if they hadn't failed the test yet, 
we would target them. And if they had failed the test, we would also help them. So them is my people. Uh, I was not in the uh, rigorous, you know, the relevant and rigorous curriculum category. Uh, we were doing what, what they used to call um, on, on the show MASH, meatball surgery. We were just patching kids up to get them to the test. Literally. Literally. Uh, we were doing um, a damage assessment and triage and getting those kids back um, and getting their confidence up enough to pass the test and get their confidence and their confidence up enough to pass the test. That's what we were doing. I often wonder if that was a good idea, but um, I've, I've, heard, I've heard back from a couple of, uh, a number actually of those students, and they were all appreciative and, and, are do, and most of them are doing well. So I'm happy about that. Uh, but now, this week, Florida has a full-blown school voucher program. Now, Florida is, has always had a school voucher program. Um, we've had a school voucher program for about 20 years. And it, um, it it was generally for for for, uh, for kids who have special needs, and 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 just recently kids who were in a school that they experienced severe bullying, and it was up to the parents to uh, look at that situation and choose another educational venue for their child. Um, so we've got so we've had a voucher system for a while, but this week, Florida legislature and Governor DeSantis signed um, into law a what I'm calling a full-blown school voucher program. Um, you can see in the show notes it says up to 18,000 students can enroll in the program's first year from families with an annual income of 300% of the federal poverty guidelines. That means for a family of four, that means that uh, those making no more than $77,250, um, the students the number of students who can participate could rise in future years. They might, they can change the numbers. So maybe they go, I don't know, 350% of the federal, federal poverty guidelines um, next time or 400% or 500% or whatever that is. And, and as the poverty guy and as the federal poverty guidelines change, then even if it saves 300%, then more kids could get in. Um, so, so DeSantis and the GOP lawmakers um, say that the programs gives parents more school choice for their children. Now, where I live, um, there has been school choice programs. The choices have been severely limited, almost to the point where one would think that the choices were so limited, they weren't really choices at all. It's sort of like that Flip Wilson sketch. You know, what kind of ice creams you got? Got 38 flavors. All vanilla. <laughs> you know? So, I think there are a lot of people who have been looking for choices. Now, um, again, as someone who worked in the school system, and while working in the school, you know, in the public school system, sent their own child to private school. We sent our own child. For a lot of the time, as a matter of fact, when I think about it, all the time that I worked in the school district, um, my my son was in private school. Now, I cannot tell you, and I think I've done programs about that. I cannot tell you that I did, while in the school system, have some consternation about that. I did. 
how can I, you know, what talk to parents about our school being a good option for them if my own kid wasn't in public school somewhere? Now, later on, my kid left private school and ended up at the public school down the street. Um, I have to wonder, I mean, honestly, if that was the best decision we could have made. Now, it's been a while. He's 28 now, so it's been 11 years or so. So, you know, there's, there's nothing we can do about that decision. But I do wonder if that was the best decision. Seeing how things turned out and worked out for him academically, I wonder if that was the best decision. Some days I'm cool with it, and other days I'm not cool with it. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you. So, but I was thankful. I was, I'm grateful that we were in a position to have a choice, that we could choose. We, okay, let me answer your question. So, why did we move into public school? Because he wanted to, because he wanted to play football, and the school that he was at didn't have a football team. They had they had been talking about it. They had been threatening it, but at that point, it had not happened. Um, that's why. Not the best reason. One of the worst reasons, frankly. Um, and this and the high school that he went to was was literally right down the street from the school that he was attending in middle school, and and a number of his friends were going there and he wanted and he wanted to get involved in the football program there and we wanted him to be involved in the football program there i know what a stupid reason to to pick a school i got it and i was friends with the principal at the time so getting special assignment there wasn't wasn't that big a deal and i was in the system and there you go that's why i did it and I, again, one, often wonder if it was the right thing. Now, he'll tell you that it was the right thing. But as a parent and a former teacher, I, I got my doubts. But right now, up to 18,000 students this year, up to 18,000. Now, that doesn't mean that 18,000 students are going to. But there's room in the budget for 18,000 students participate in this program you know and of course the teacher unions and and the teachers are screaming that this is taking money away from the the already cash strapped public schools well this year it isn't the state legislature has earmarked three quarters of a billion dollars increase to public schools and teacher bonuses which adds about $242 per student in in, in the coming school year school year uh, 2019 um, to 2020 so there's an increase uh, for of 242 bucks a kid And the money, and there are, and there is money for teachers, 
um, for, for and, and for bonuses. There are no, and, and this is what the, the mainstream media is upset about, there are no across-the-board raises for teachers. So there are no raises just because you're a teacher, just because you haven't gotten fired. No, there's only money in, in that budget for, bo- for bonuses. So, but if a district thinks that it's, that it's a good thing to give a teacher more money because you survived, you survived last year and you didn't get arrested or you didn't touch a kid or you didn't steal some money, you again, you you you're getting paid more money just just because, and across the board increase just because. Then your school district could do that. The state said, "No, this is just we're going to give more money to the best and the brightest." And this is what this is all boiling down to. It's it's what do you do with the best and brightest, and what do you do with the kids who are struggling? I told you that I help the kids who are struggling. The reality of these programs is that they're 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 designed, whether intentionally or not, to help those students who are from the lower socioeconomic strata and let the parents put them in the best educational environment they can. And I've often said that what um, Susie Homemaker in the gated community and the so-called welfare mom, it's a terrible phrase, terrible terrible way to use that, but I want to to paint, paint a picture to you this, I mean, in this thing, the thing that these two moms have in common is they want the best education for their children possible. Now, Susie, you know, Susie Homemaker in the gated community, um, she has a husband who has a really good job, right? And they can afford the sacrifice and it's a sacrifice to send their kids to the, the local prep school, right? And around here, it would be somewhere like Berkeley Prep or Tampa Prep. They can afford to do that. Or or, or maybe one of the um, more dominant uh, Catholic schools, like Jesuit, run by the Jesuits, Tampa Catholic, Academy of Holy Names. And if you're local, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know, some of these schools that are um, either religious schools or parochial schools, that um, are these, or, or maybe a Montessori school or something like that, right? Because they can afford it. Now, so who's left in the public school? I'm going to tell you who's left. My people. And I'm, I'm not just talking about, about black people. I'm talking about my people. I'm talking about the kids who are from the so, lower socioeconomic strata um, that, are, that are struggling in school whose parents don't have the means to ship them off to some of the schools I mentioned, some of the more hotsy-totsy schools I mentioned. And because of test scores and the like, it's harder for them to even get into some of the magnet schools or some of the better uh, choices here in public schools. So a lot of times they're stuck. They are stuck where they are. But because, again, uh, both those moms want the best for their their children, 
I think that it's a good, I think it, personally it's a good idea. And I'll read what was in the article. I pers- and this comes from where? Um, Governor DeSantis. Uh, I personally believe that uh, it's a matter of philosophy that parents know what's best for their kids, the governor said. What this will do in one fell swoop if you're offering opportunity for thousands and thousands of low-income students. Now, when he signed this, and you probably see this in the um, in the slideshow if you're watching on Blog Talk Radio, um, when he signed this, he signed this at a predominantly black uh, private Christian school in South Florida. So, so are there children who are in um, those school districts in Miami-Dade, will they get an opportunity? Will some of them get an opportunity to send their kids to better learning environments, hopefully safer learning environments? Yes. Now, and again, because there's only listen, there's only eighteen thousand. That sounds like a lot, but it's not very many at all. And I'll and I'll t- and, and let me let me tell you why. Uh, I've been doing some um, other research about my own county. Uh, I live in Hillsborough County in Florida, uh, and it's the eighth largest school district in the country. There are 220,000-plus students in the Hillsborough County school system, 27 high schools, over 50 50 middle schools, and 130-plus, almost 140 elementary schools and other specialty schools. So a lot of kids. Almost, al- almost a quarter. You know what? Almost a quarter million students, just in this one school district here. So eighteen thousand students um, statewide is really not that many. So all the all the all the hoopla and all the hand wringing is overwrought. You start looking at the demographics of the school districts in a year, you're not, you're just not going to see that much change. There are 18,000 students that can enroll. It doesn't mean that they will enroll. And there are 67 school districts in the state of Florida. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew that, but uh, in, in Florida, we do school districts um, by by counties for the most part. Well, not for the most part entirely. Um, so there are 67 school districts and eight, 18,000 possible participants, which frankly doesn't seem like it's going to be a lot. Now, I'm a big fan of, of this, but having this be this sweeping program that sets the captives free, I just can't see it at this point. I just can't see it. It isn't nearly expansive enough. You know, we're about 18,000 divided by 67 counties. Um, That's 268 kids per county that have a chance to enroll in these programs. So when we start talking about school districts like Hillsborough, school districts like Duval and Miami-Dade, 
all all of those rank in the top ten or the top fifteen in size of school districts in the country. So the benefit, so the impact. I don't know if we're going to see a whole bunch. The idea is great. It just happens. It's funny. It just happens to go along beautifully and wonderfully with Donald Trump's um, New Deal for Black America, where school choice was one of the one of the planks on that platform. Where or Ron DeSantis, who who campaigned as vote for me because Trump likes me, vote for me because Trump likes me is taking one of Trump plant, Trump planks and running with it here in the state of Florida. I got to tell you, I didn't think the boy had it in him. I really didn't. Uh, but this seems like a, seems like a good thing. This seems like something that, that I think that a lot of poor people and then a lot of black people too, who see um, that all the, all the failing schools or in and around where they live and their kids are kind of stuck there. I think that they should start looking at this too as a great opportunity for black Americans. Education has always been something that we could depend on to change our status, to end a cycle of dependence and poverty. And for some families, this may be just that. We'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a reliable transportation, but you don't have a bunch of money? Are you wary of used car types? And you should be. You just need a car you can afford and a dealer you can trust. Great news. Good Guy Cars is here. John Desbrow is something you don't find every day. An honest used car dealer. Good Guy Cars is at 8412 Industrial Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813-999-9992. That's 813-999-9992. The web address is www.goodguycars.com. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth. Business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into. But believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles. And multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at buyitrentitprofit.com. Buyitrentitprofit.com. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm, and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard, 
and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. When you see stories that you want to save or share, just tap the plus button and add them to your private or public collections. It's that simple. It's used by millions of people every day. Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. So get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. You can also download Flipboard on your smartphone. Um, you can also download the Flipboard app um, at, at the Google Play Store or the or your App Store on um, on Apple. Um, that's where I use it. I use mine on, on, on my Android. So, all right, we're going to get back to it. We're going to get back to it. Uh, what does what can this mean um, to Florida education? Um, what we're hoping is that, um, although this is a, a small, you know, I, I, and I just gave you the numbers, it's going to be a, a small beginning, an infinitesimally small beginning with only 268 kids per district really being eligible or being in, enrolled in the program. There'll be more people who are eligible. Um, the, the voucher program has some obstacles. And one of the obstacles is logistics. You won't get to ride. You, you can ride the bus to public school. They'll send one down the street from your house and you walk down there and get on it. And then in the afternoon, it'll bring you home. Part of the, part of the logistics of, of sending your kid to private school is that you have to get them there. Now, I know in some, in some areas, if you choose to go some areas around the country, if you choose to go to magnet schools, um, it's up to the parents to get the kid here, get me to get the kid there. Not where I live. Where I live, if you go to a Hillsborough County Magnet School, then a bus will come and pick you up. Now you may have to go to the transfer station and get on the bus that takes you directly to your school. But if you live in South County and you want to go to a magnet school downtown, then they will they will send a bus for you, even if it's one kid. Yeah, it doesn't sound very efficient, does it? Doesn't sound like a really good use of tax dollars, but that's what they'll do. Um, they don't say, oh, I'm sorry, oh, there's one, only one kid that lives down there. Your mom's going to have to get you at least to the transfer station. That's not what happens. They send a bus. And that one kid may ride into the transfer station at, 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 at a particular school, and that's where they get on the bus that takes them to their final destination. The average ride on a school bus for a public school kid who is who has chosen a magnet school is about ninety minutes. Most of those kids have a the average is a ninety minute commute, one way, and a ninety minute commute the other way. So they spend three hours of their day on a bus. So that's what school choice has offered. Now, if you send your kid like we did to uh, to another school on what they call special assignment, if you can come up with a reason why you need your kid at at, at blah, blah blah elementary school, 
as opposed to Lottie Dottie Elementary School that they were supposed to go to, and they grant your your request, most requests they say no. But if they grant your request, you're responsible for getting them there. Now, the problem with this program is that, yes, somebody may be eligible to go to a a private school, but now they have to get them there. And they're responsible. The parents will be responsible for getting the child there and getting them home in the afternoon. And there are people who are in that lower socioeconomic strata that I keep talking about who don't have the resources to do so. So they're cut out anyway, even though it would do a, it would be, oops, sorry. um, It would be a really good thing for their family. A really good thing for their kid. But if you don't have the transportation, if you don't have the, the, the logistic ability to get them there and back, then you can't do it, right? Then you just can't do it. So there will be a ceiling. And and primarily because of, of logistics um, to how many kids will be actual, actually be able to participate. So this outflow, this exodus, mass exodus of students from public schools that some people are, are, are dreading and some people are hoping for is not going to materialize. It just isn't going to materialize. Now, part of my education career, uh, I taught at my church academy um, for a year, for a year, for a year. And um, that was the beginning of some of the some of these talks about vouchers, and it was a, it was my church school. It was it was a, you know a, a school run by my church, and we would have parents sign a thing called a statement of faith before they can enroll their little darlings in the school. That was a super small school, I think all told. In all in all the grades, and the and, you know and the kindergarten, there were probably sixty sixty kids in the whole thing, right? Maybe maybe seventy five kids in the whole thing. So it was super small, but we had kids. We we had parents sign statements of faith. So do you believe the things that the church teaches, that our church teaches? Now, when my kid went to um, private school. It was a Christian school as well, and he and his mother, he and me and his mother had to sign a. I shouldn't say it that way. Me and my wife had to sign a statement of faith. So at least um, we had, you know, what that we that the school knew that we were on the same page in a lot of areas. Now. What we, what we talked about when I was on faculty of a, of a private Christian school was this state money, will this state money have strings attached? Will it have, have restrictions? And one of them we, we, we openly wondered about was, will we still be able to require parents to sign a statement of faith? And I'll tell you why, because part of our day 
we had a Bible unit. I taught a Bible unit. Crazy, ain't it? But I did. One day a week, we had chapel. And at chapel, um, there was, in chapel was a, a church service in the middle of the week. Um, I had the older kids, and the older kids were responsible for praise and worship. So we got music together, and we were and 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 we led the older kids led praise led praise and worship, right? So it was a church school. It was it was a church school. So our kids could conceivably have go to church on Sunday twice, morning and the evening service. And then on Wednesday, go to church twice again. Because they had chapel on Wednesday and then the midweek service. So some of our kids were attending four services a week. It was a church school. Would we be able to continue that? Would we be able to continue to to have that be something that was in, that was in common that everybody had in common and that the um, relationship between the school and the parents could have in common. And there was no guarantee that we could, that we could hold on to that. What if somebody who was Hindu showed up at our gates with a voucher? Did we have to take them? Because they're not going to, because the, the, the Hindu parents aren't going to sign a statement of faith at a at a at a Pentecostal Christian school, are they? Or a Jewish family, they're not going to either, are they? Or an atheist family, they're not going to at all. Now you're going to say, why would an atheist family go to a church school? Well, you know exactly what was what would happen. Now, everything would be a test. Everything would be a court case. And do you, as a school, do you want to participate? So I'm wondering how many, uh, I'm still, I'm wondering aloud how many of these private schools, especially the private Christian schools, are going to accept these vouchers, which will diminish choice as well. I'm thinking some of the regular non-religious private schools will and there are a lot fewer of those some of the preparatory academies will but there are a lot fewer of those than um a bunch of the catholic schools and the like so we'll see we'll see we're gonna take a little break we'll be back right after this message and more on the program thank you again thank you again for dropping by and spending some time listen um this show would not be possible if it weren't for our affiliate partners, if it wasn't for people like Gary Knight at New Homes Tampa Bay, if it weren't like Kevin Batts at the Red River Chronicle.com. So um, it is um, getting near the end of the month. So let's talk about the uh, Red River Chronicle. The Red River Chronicle is a, um, is, is, is a website that is full of fantastic conservative articles, conservative um, educational tools. I think that that's the coolest thing. 
spent 15 years in the public teaching in the public school system, and um, you know what? These educational tools are something that that that, that you can use yourself, that you can use in, in in a classroom setting, that you can direct students to. Sort of on the sly, because it's frankly, I think the the battle is just like that. If you are a, if you're working in the um, the public school system, and you're in a um, social studies classroom, I use social studies because it's the easiest transition. And somebody, and a student comes to you and says, where do I learn more about conservatives? Well, the very first place you should send them is not townhall.com, is not um, the Rush Limbaugh site, or, or, or even the Willie Lawson show, um, necessarily, you need to send them right to the Red River Chronicle.com. Articles written in a scholarly way, um, primarily um, information about Oklahoma and Texas, but 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 from a very conservative standpoint. And you know what, Kevin Batts is black, so that helps your students because that throws away and destroys the left's picture of who's supposed to be conservative. So you can also, on that site, um, that, that student will have access to um, Hillsdale College Lectures, which are, I think are invaluable, absolutely invaluable. And there's also an app that they can purchase, I did, it's, it's all of 99 cents. I purchased it. It keeps you up to date with what's going on on the RedRiverChronicle.com website. That's the RedRiverChronicle.com website. Um, the finest, finest in conservative information and education. Well, 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 you know, so much is going to be left to be seen. Uh, I think um, all summer long, we're going to hear a lot of back and forth about this. And and we're going to see um, if the enrollment changes. Now, I don't know if you know this, but a a lot of school districts do um, a first day count. And then they do an eight-day count, and in Hillsborough County, we do we, we did a first day, an eight-day, and something called a twenty-day count. And that's where they get the numbers for the schools, and that's where they get the allotment, so they know what teachers can be at what schools. And sometimes it changes between day one and day twenty. I have been someone who uh, who has been in a school that lost a unit because they they thought they were going to have more teachers or more students sorry, more students than they um, they actually ended up with. And there weren't enough students there to support what I did. So I, I had to move school. So that happens too, which is just really disconcerting, but it does happen. And the numbers usually settle down about day 20 um, in the school year. So we're going to see at day 20 and in 2000, um, later on in, you know, this year in August, I guess, September probably, um, what the 
what the balance is, who who leaves. Now, what we're going to expect is that the Hispanic and the black populations will change. People are expecting those to change drastically. I don't think they will. And for the reason I, we just talked about, logistics, how do you get them there? Now, will the white population change dramatically? Well, my guess is that th- those th- those white folks who could put their kids in better learning environments already have. They're not looking, already have, and are not either going to be either looking for vouchers or will be eligible for vouchers. Um, the, this voucher program is for um, poor people, people in the, in the lower socioeconomic strata. This is what this program is for. This isn't a general get-out-of-jail-free card for anybody who wants one. This is not what this is. Now, now, folks who live in the area and people who live elsewhere who hear about it, I got to tell you that I've already told you that this is for only for people who are, let me read it to you again, that way you get it because you're going to fall for some other nonsense, is for people who have annual incomes at 300% of the federal poverty guideline. This is not for the, the people who are um, doing really well, that are making, you know what, $200,000 a year, and then the government will give you money to pull your kid out of public school. This is not what this is at all. This is not for them. And none of the monies will go to them. So I don't expect the, um, again, the white population to change either. I really don't expect there to be this wholesale change. What I, I do expect, though, is that we're going to hear a lot of anecdotal um, evidence of success stories with individual kids. And it's going to be a long time before we see that we can put down any uh, pen to paper for any trends we can look to and, and go, because of this program, this group of kids has done better. And it's been a good thing. It's going to be a long time. Why? Because right now only 18,000 kids statewide are even eligible. That's 226, whatever, uh, or, or, or 86 per school district. Hardly a lot of kids. Again, I'm looking at the numbers for my school district, 220,287. 220, even if it were all 18,000 kids here, it wouldn't really be that big a difference. But in any case, we're going to see. I think it's a great first step. Congratulations to the um, GOP lawmakers and Governor DeSantis for taking this bold step in education. Um, we're going to talk about uh, another legislative uh, event that happened um, in the past week. They, uh, the legislature approved and, and the governor signed a program that um, will allow the arming of teachers in, in in schools as a um, as a way to protect students. A lot of controversy on that, obviously. All right. So in any case, we're going to get to that probably in the morning. We're not going to get to it now for sure. It is now one thirteen a.m. and this old man's taking his old self to bed. 
So again, thank you for coming by. Thank you for spending some time. Uh, please send me an email and let me know where you heard the show, whether you, whether you heard it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whether you heard it on iTunes, Stitcher, here on Law Talk Radio. Where did you hear the program and when did you hear it? That would really, really be helpful. Um, did you click on a Facebook link? How did you, how'd you get here? If you would let me know, I would be, I would be in your debt. Thank you so much. All right, so we got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. <laughs>